So to start this episode off, I would just like to first apologize for the episode coming out late. I've just moved to Hawaii and I haven't really found a good place to record, a good quiet place. Speaking of which, there might be some background noise here. I had to record in the backyard here and there is some construction going on just down the street. And I'm pretty close to a busy street too, so there might be some background noise there. Uh, on top of that, uh, this episode might have been a bit more dull than other episodes. This was a solo episode. I wasn't able to coordinate with a guest, and I think that really could have added a lot to the best of 2023 discussion. But uh, with that, enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Melodramatic Podcast. So today's episode, well, for starters, uh, I would like to apologize if there's any background noise. I'm currently recording outside and there is a little bit of construction going on across the street so this episode i think we'll just start out with a little bit of a podcast update so i think i've kind of shifted the way i want this podcast to go from my first episode so in my first episode i kind of laid it out as more of a solo podcast with occasional interviews that would be focused more as a lifestyle show and I found that keeping music as a topic has been, it's been a lot easier to create interesting things to say, have interesting conversations. I think it's a more engaging topic. So I think I just like to shift the direction into just being more of a music, to- uh, music podcast with those interviews. And one of the things I found is, so the podcast I was trying to base it off of being like the Emma Chamberlain podcast. Um, that's one that I've found more recently and in preparation so there was going to be a Christmas special called the Christmas Song Draft and we recorded it Uh, the production wasn't good we only had two mics we had three people and it just didn't work out but in preparation for that I went back to probably the first podcast I ever listened to which was the Reminiscent Podcast which is a podcast all about music it's these two friends they sit down and they talk about music and that's all they do and when I was listening to that I, I was like you know I'd like to be more like this podcast than what I've tried than what I've been trying to be like. So I think just the show will shift more in that conversational direction. But on top of that, I have moved, so I have left the desert, and now I'm living on the big island of Hawaii, which is where I am now. So for this week and possibly a few more uh, <laughs> for this week and possibly next week or a few more weeks not in a row of course but there will occasionally be times where i will do solo episodes like this one there is no guest today today it will just be me and the topic i will be covering is the best of 2023 so i'll be so first i'll start with my top 10 songs and they're in no particular order i haven't ranked them and then we'll go to top five albums and then depending on how much time i have or if it starts to get noisier than it is right now, I'll do a top 10 albums instead of just five. So I'm gonna start with songs. So to start off my top 10 songs, I'll start with the bottom five of that top 10. I haven't ordered them sequentially, like I don't have 10, nine, eight, but these are numbers 10 through six. So these are the bottom five of the top 10. And starting off, I'm going to go with Snooze by SZA. So technically, this song came out, well not technically, literally, this song came out in 2022. 
But now, if we're being technical, the single for Snooze came out in 2023. And even if it hadn't, uh, Snooze is going for the 2023 Grammy season. So I think it's fair game. And really, it became, it charted in 2023. So I think we're good with this one. But the song is just great. And it's going to be me on like all of these songs in my top 10. It's just going to be me being like, this song's great. But this song really is great. The background on this song, all of the stuff in the background you hear, the the vocals, the drum beat, the bass, it just all works together so smoothly. It's just, it's not groovy in a make you want to dance kind of way, but it's just, it's got a groove to it. It's just infectious. And it's just such a chill song. It just like puts you in a chill mood. It's just such a vibe. And uh, the chorus too, the chorus, I love the chorus for some reason. And I think it, I think it's just SZA's voice. And that's one of the things I think makes her so successful besides just having good music but like in the chorus the sorry i got cut off by a saw before but i was talking about the chorus when the vocals come in with i can't lose it's just it's just perfect it just all works together so well with the song and i i really think that this is the best song on the album you know it's a really long album but there's just something about this song that draws me to it and i think 2023 was a really good year for music and especially in top 40 music. Now, we still had a lot of stuff that wasn't so good, like Flowers, but we have, we just had so many good albums actually become popular. We had so many good singles actually be popular and make it onto top 40 radio this year. And this song was just one that I would never change the station on. This is one I've had on repeat before. It's just perfect. It's a great song. (laughs) This is funny, but it's a great song for driving at night for some reason. I don't know why, like, whenever I was driving at night, I would end up putting this song on, and it w- it just felt right. This is, like I said, it's going to be me every song just being like, oh, it's such a great song. But, look, they wouldn't be on this list if they weren't great songs, and that's what you guys are here, hopefully. Next up, I've got a song that took the world by storm. The biggest surprise of 2023, I would say. And that is Ea Baila Sola by Peso Pluma. Now, this song took the world by storm. I can't. It's just so surprising. When I started hearing this guy on the radio, seeing him on like TikTok and stuff, I was so surprised because this isn't the kind of, this is the kind of music that's popular even in Latin America. It's, it's regional Mexican music, which is popular only in Mexico pretty much. When you look at all of the Latin stars that are making music that are getting worldwide attention, it's, it's not this genre of music. It's it's the more club-heavy dancing music, like reggaeton, that's getting played places. It's not this kind of music. And I was just surprised that this kind of music was becoming so popular. But then you take a step back and you listen to this song. And it's so incredibly catchy. It's very rhythmic. It's just, again, a good song. And it's that catchiness that I think draws me in. Like, lyrically, this song is okay. Lyrically, it's got some good lines, but it's just so catchy. And here's the thing, is that Peso Pluma doesn't even have a good voice. His voice is kind of annoying, actually. Like, it's not a traditionally pretty voice, but the music just works so well with it. It's like, when you write something to match your voice is when you get the best kind of music. And I think that's what this is. And it's just crazy to see this music being on the year-end charts for, like, streaming. I think this song ended something like fourth on the year-end charts for streaming, which is absolutely insane when you consider, like, the kind of 
songs it was going up against. So this song beat out, uh, ooh, did it beat out two or just one? This song beat out at least one Taylor Swift song on the top 10. And I think it might've beat out both. So the Taylor Swift songs that were on the top charts were Cruel Summer and Antihero. And I think this song beat both of them, which is insane when you really think about it. It's, that's what good music does. And the thing is, is you need to get it to people. Like I was talking about the last song, like it was great music. How come it wasn't on the top 40 charts? Well, it's all about the marketing. It's all about getting it out there. And I think what this song really benefited was, was from the Bad Bunny controversy where he was dating one of the Kardashians. People didn't like that. They stopped listening to his music. And this song kind of went in and filled that void, but it was able to do that because it was marketed well. And because it's such a good song, I don't think anything else really could have filled that void and that's just what good music does so now i think that was the bottom five of the top five so now i think it's time to move on to the top five this is me editing the podcast and i would just like to warn you something terrible comes up in this next section so i was going to say heard and then i guess i realized that i hear okay so i i was going to say i heard but the correct term would be I hear. So halfway between saying I heard, I changed it to I heard. And that was severely cringe. Um, I'm not actually going to remove that. I'm just going to warn you that it happened. And I, I take full responsibility for that. That is on me. Next up, how could I not put Green Day on here when Green Day had two new songs in 2023? Now, are they the best songs? Are they the best Green Day songs? No. But they are way better than the stuff they've been putting out lately. And I've noticed that they've been getting at least some mainstream attention, like way more than their last album did. I mean, I've heard this song so many times a day whenever I watch TV because it's on a Taco Bell commercial. It's getting exposure. And this song is Look Ma, I Ain't Got No Brains by Green Day. Now, this one just rocks it's just it's back to basics i feel like for green day where it's just like fun fast and it's not trying too hard to be anything or to say okay it might be trying to say something but it's not a heavy hitter like emotional kind of song it's just it's just fun it's just raucous it's actually i just had a thought did the term rock music come from an abbreviation of the word raucous or ruckus. That would be an interesting... I'm actually going to look into that. Anyway, this song is just... It's just fun. It just could, puts you in a good mood. And it's good Green Day. The guitar part slaps. It's just... It's just good, so good to have a song from Green Day that everybody can agree is back to basics. That People aren't going to be fighting about this song. Like, Green Day's last album was really controversial among fans, I would say. Uh, most people just... Most people who weren't big Green Day fans just wrote the album off, hated it, it was garbage, but then some people who are Green Day fans did really like it. For example, I enjoy the album, it's not great, it's not terrible, but I think with this song we're really looking at a return to form with Look Ma, I Ain't Got No Brains. Okay, so my next song is Pasajero by Faruko. Now this song, it's different from the other stuff he's been putting out. When, when you think of Faruko, you think of, he's playing like club music, you, you'd hear him at a rave, like it's stuff that you party to. And this song, well, it's still good like that. It's not a song you would party to, I don't think. Like, 
it's nice and chill. I think that's a theme with a lot of the songs I chose this year. Is they're just chill. But more than that, I think this is probably one of his most lyrical songs. When you look at the song, it's just it's just a beautiful song about death and living life to the fullest. It's it's honestly not something I would expect from this genre of music. But I really like what he's been doing lately with his music. I think his style's really coming through. I think it's funny that he's really becoming mainstream. Like, I went to play pickleball one day, and I was playing pickleball, so this was a bunch of white kids, and they, were, they put on music to play pickleball. It's like the most suburban activity you can possibly think of. And they put on a speaker with music, and Faruko comes on, and I'm like, what the heck? It was the last thing I was expecting, but because his music is... He's just elevated his music so much lately that it's become so mainstream. Like, everybody's listening to it nowadays. And if he has more songs like this, it's only going to keep getting better and better. And I think we're going to start seeing him on the top 40 charts pretty soon. He's got some great stuff coming out. Sorry, I think you could hear the saw in a little bit of the last part, but it just stopped. So hopefully I'm good to keep recording again. But my next pick is Evil by Melanie Martinez. And look, this one's a bit of a guilty pleasure. Like, look, I might... You know, you hate to say it, but I like pop music. Now, I'm not talking about top 40 pop music. I'm talking about music that's catchy. Like, in its base form, pop music is music that is both popular, catchy. Really what it is, it's music that's easy to consume, is what I think of pop music as. And a lot of the time, I just can't with top 40 pop music. For some reason, it's the stuff that's not great that ends up getting popular what's the stuff that's marketed very well that ends up getting popular when you really think about it but there's just something intrinsically great about pop music and this is just a good pop song now i feel like there would be a lot of people like oh pop punk oh it's kind of a rock song it's not it's not at all it's a pop song with guitar in it but the guitar part in the song is is phenomenal Everything about this song is constructed so well. It's a perfectly written pop song. Like, I I honestly can't think of any pop song right now, besides the ones that are coming up later on this list, that meet this level of excellence. Now, the lyrics in the song are phenomenal, too. Like, I can just point out several lyrics that are just so good. They rhyme kiss with narcissist. That's a great rhyme. I wouldn't have thought about that. Then they later rhyme narcissist with abyss another great rhyme expressed and professed now those aren't rhymes that expressed and professed isn't a rhyme that is that impressive but it's in the pre-chorus of this song and for whatever reason the pre-chorus of this song is just so rhythmic and melodic it, it just brings me along every time it kind of puts you in a little trance it's just so rhythmic it just flows so well and the professed and expressed is just part of that it's rhymes like that that really make things stand out and the lyrics in the song are just so clever like the metaphors used the words used are just clever i you don't really see this in lots of pop music and it's catchy too that's the other thing it's catchy it has catchy pop vocals it's extremely marketable i don't understand why this song wasn't a top 40 hit this is the kind of stuff that i would be ecstatic to hear on the radio because this is it's just good music however i do have one major issue with this song and that issue is the end of the second verse is terrible that's just it's just so bad so the ending lines are 
hope you never cope, hope you slip on soap. That is one of the worst lines I've ever heard. And the line that ends the second chorus is you are such a hoax. Like this is honestly one of the worst lines of the year. Now, look, could it be a euphemism? Yes, even if it is, it's a terrible euphemism. And what kind of an insult is it to call somebody a hoax if it's not a euphemism? It's just not good writing. And the thing that happens there is it ends a few seconds before the first verse ends, but they didn't speed up the rest of the song. So essentially, at the end of each verse, there will be somebody who yells no. And the no happens at the same time. So even though there's less lyrics in the second verse, there's just a gap between the last lyric of the second verse and the no that kicks off the pre-chorus. And it just feels like an empty, awkward space. But again, this song is just, it's great. It's phenomenal. Like. If you haven't listened to Evil by Melanie Martinez, go listen to it. It is one of the greatest pop songs I have ever heard. And it's not that bubblegum top 40 pop that is just kind of hollow. It like it has substance. It has great lyrics, great metaphors. It's just so good. Go listen to it. So one of the rules I set out for myself before I made this list was that I could only have one song per artist. And I think that becomes very clear when we get into the top five, because if it wasn't for that, songs by these same artists would just be the rest of the top ten list. But these top five, at least three of them, are from artists that had albums this year that I would have picked many songs from. But only one can... There's that saw again. But only one can make it onto the top ten list. And that is what we are about to get into right now. So I think the soft stopped for a bit again, so I'm going to get into the first of these. Now, these are in no particular order, except for the last two will be my top two. So these, I guess, are spots five through three that we are covering. And I'm going to start with Am I Dreaming, which is, of course, by Metro Boomin, off of the Spider-Verse album that came out this year. Now, I love this song. And I know I've said that about every single song, but I think something unfair that this song has over other songs is that it's from a movie and it's in the credit it's in so it's in the first half of the credits from across the spider-verse and what i find interesting is that this song wasn't the one that was the big hit from the credits the one that became a hit off of the credits was from the second half of the credits which was Colin by metro boomin but there's just something so great about this song as a closer to a movie and just as a song in general but those violins just they come in they have such a good melody to them and i think violins are kind of underutilized or not underutilized i think what i'm trying to say is they're not used in the ways i would use them when i think of great violin usage i'm thinking of something like the verve how they use violins in their song and i think violins are used great in this song as well that kind of stringed melody is just so pertinent and i think it's i haven't really heard it in many other rap songs like this and even at that this song is a lot more chill it's a lot more mellow it's got pretty much the same refrain throughout the whole song except for the rap first and then it does have a brief bridge which is the best part of the song and it just comes together to be such a good it's just a good song like i said i'm going to be saying that all episode long about all of these songs but then in the bridge 
like the synth comes in to take over the melody that the strings had and it just works so well everything in the song works so well actually that's not true uh the rap verse has some questionable lyrics i would say uh one is rhymed with one like five times but i'm gonna overlook that because it just it's such a good song and every year i make a play every school year i suppose i make a playlist for the year and it's just where i put all the songs that i'm listening to in that year and i add as i go if i listen to a song and then i decide i want to revisit it then it goes on the playlist but before i find out which songs are going to be on my playlist i pick a song that's going to be the theme of that playlist so my freshman year i picked when i come around by green day then my sophomore year i picked sophomore slump or comeback of the year by fallout boy and let's just say the result of that one was sophomore slump so coming into junior year uh i was more in the headspace of am i dreaming and the lyrics just matched what i wanted my vision for the year to be it just matched so well and i think that's another thing to really appreciate this song for it matches thematically with the movie across the spider-verse and when you really break down that movie that this song covers the themes up they're universal themes now a lot of the time when you have a song written just for a movie it can feel so specific and it feels kind of cringe if you're trying to relate that to other things and i'm <laughs> a great example of this would be i'm just ken from the barbie movie like it's great in the movie but there's people listening to it just like in their daily lives and trying to relate to it and it just feels kind of cringe but you have a song like this where it's not like oh i'm spider-man i'm spider-man it's not it's about the themes of the movie and i think that's so useful in a song to make it relatable about feelings that everybody would have regardless of circumstance like you have what a lot of people relate to breakup songs but at the same time that's only relatable when you're going through a breakup or things like that heartbreak songs well that's kind of a breakup song but like lamentations are only relatable if you're lamenting somebody but when you have a song like this about universal themes it just becomes more relatable and it makes the song that much better so the next song i have here on my list is mile by juanes and this song kicks off his new album and there were so many songs off of this album that i could have picked for this list but this one just it again it comes in with the strings but not in like the kind of background way the strings at the start the strings go on for like a minute at the beginning of this song and it, it feels orchestral it's not too melodic like the other string parts i was talking about but it just creates this ambiance in the song and then when the vocals finally come in they're just so uh, the vocals just go hard in this album like when i think about juanes i think about rock i think about kind of that poppy rock sound and here he just goes for something way richer and i don't want to say darker it's not darker richer was the perfect word i was just trying to think of another one but it's just perfect it just brings you into the album in almost a reverent way and then the strings come back and it all comes together with the whole song and it just creates such a mood and the lyrics in this song are phenomenal as well and again this one is just me talking about oh this song's so great but really i don't think i have too much more else to say the lyrics are good everything in the song just works together so well and it just it almost transports you it's just such a calming song 
and it was the perfect one to start this album with and uh, I think it was the best one on the album I will say that I think it is um but again this list is my favorites so this list is not what I think the best songs of the year are. it's what I think my favorite songs of the year are so even though I titled it best of 2023 really it's my favorites of 2023 maybe I'll change the title maybe that will make it less confusing but the song was just great so the next song I have is Session 53 by Shakira and Bisa Rap. Now, this song was all over the place at the beginning of 2023. It was on every late night show. It was on every radio station. And what, what I think is funny about that is, of course, it's a great song, great melody. It's really catchy. It's got a great beat. Bisa Rap is a great producer. He writes such great backings for songs. But what I think is funny about this song, and the reason I love it so much, is this is the greatest diss track of all time. And a lot of people listening to it, if you don't know Spanish, you, you don't know that it's the... I mean, you might have heard, oh, it's a diss track. But you don't understand the complexity of how well Shakira disses her ex. It's just... Oh, it's chef's kiss. It's so... It's just so petty in a way, but it, it's earned. It's earned. But the lyrics are just so mean. They're just so mean. So, for example one of the lyrics, and I'll translate it into English, is she sounds like a nice person, but clearly she's not what she sounds like, which is even, so it's not, I won't say worse, but it works even better as a diss in Spanish because the word for clearly is claramente, and her ex's new partner, her name is Clara. It just, it's so perfect. It's such a good diss, and the, she does that throughout the song where she'll take either her ex's name or her ex's new partner's name and have a and use a word that has their name in it to diss on either one of them and it's just it's so petty but it works so well and it it's seamless like the song works perfectly with it it's just such a great song which again i've been saying that this entire episode but this one just works so well all right so now we are on to my two favorite songs of the year and you know i really couldn't pick a winner i didn't want to have to rank things because look i don't want people getting mad at me you know if i put one thing above the other then there might be some issues but uh these two we'll just have them tied for number one and the one i'll start with is not strong enough by boy genius now when you talk about hype in early 2023 look at the beginning of the year we had three major albums coming out that I was ecstatic for. We had This Is Why by Paramore, So Much for Stardust by Fall Out Boy, and The Record by Boy Genius. Now, my pick is not strong enough because I could only pick one per my rule. And uh, this song is honestly what I think the best of what you can get from Boy Genius is. Like, this is the greatest... What's the word? It's the greatest possible outcome from what Boy Genius is. When you have these different artists teaming up together into one group, a super group is what they call it. This is honestly, it's almost like a superhero team up. And I, I say that, I know that sounds silly, but you have this person's skill doing this thing, you have this person's skill doing this thing, and it just creates a perfect song. Like you, if you're a fan of these artists, you can tell what each artist contributed to the song and it, it's just so clear and when you see that when you see all of the pieces come together you can see that it's greater than the sum of its parts which is 
Boy Genius is just such a good group. You take all these artists together and they each contribute their own little bit and you get a song like Not Strong Enough. This song feels like a country song a little bit, but at the same time it's not. It feels like a pop song a little bit. It feels a little indie and it almost feels like a classic rock vibe even. And I'm not talking classic rock like, uh, what is it that people would consider, like Aerosmith. I'm, ta I'm thinking more like Neil Diamond kind of classic rock, that softer side of classic rock. Even though I know Neil Diamond could rock harder than Sweet Caroline, but that's kind of what it's reminiscent of a little bit. And the lyrics are just so... When I think about songs that make people cry, songs that are sad, a lot of the time people think about that Lana Del Rey kind of persona where it's just, it's so dramatized and it's just targeted, specifically emotional term after emotional term. It's slow, it's sad, it's supposed to make you cry. Not Strong Enough is different than that. It's not trying to make you cry. If you do, that's your fault. And I think most people would. The, the lyrics are just so... They're so personal when you really think about it, but they're not presented that way. Like, the entire chorus is, I don't know why I am the way I am. But they're not saying it, like, slow and sad, like Creep by Radiohead. It's a catchy, almost upbeat way they sing it. And it just works so well. And there's just so many other, like, lyrics that just cause such emotion. Like, I can't stop spinning, can't stop staring at the ceiling fan spinning around. Like, just, it creates pictures like that in your head. Or another lyric later in the song, drag racing down the canyon, listening to Boys Don't Cry. Like, they just paint such specific pictures in your head. Specific lyrics like that just add so much to a song for me. It just puts you in the headspace of the artist, in a way. And did I mention how catchy this song is? This is by far the catchiest song on the record. And it just works so well. Like... I was honestly, I'm honestly a little bit surprised that I don't hear this one on the radio, that it's not. This song could be a top 40 hit. When you look at the popularity of country music, now this song is not a country song in any way, but it sounds like it could be a country song. It sounds like one of those hybrid country pop songs that people seem to love nowadays. And now I'm sure that's not what Boy Genius would want to be famous for. This song, I just don't understand why it wasn't that mainstream, besides it coming from a group of indie artists the record was insanely well marketed. It's up for so many Grammys. It's up for record of the year. So it's not like it's that underground as it was. Like all of these artists are featured prominently on other things. Like there are indie artists, but people actually know who these people are. They're not underground. They're just indie, which just surprises me that sometimes these things aren't as popular. Now, the last song on the top 10 list is one I've talked about on the podcast before. So I won't... I'll try not to talk about this song too much, but the song is Teenage Dream by Olivia Rodrigo, and this is the closer from Guts. Now, I talked about this a lot on my episode about Guts, but this song, it's just... I think it is the best song Olivia Rodrigo has ever written or ever could write, almost. I, I, I don't think there's any way to top this, especially when you look at the lyrical content... I think this is such a great song about what it's like to be a musical artist and a teenager. So really, my, my biggest thing when Guts was coming out is I, I liked Sour. Sour was okay. I thought Olivia Rodrigo was an okay artist. And I figured Guts would just be more of that. And then Vampire came out. I was like, okay, it seems like it's going to be more of that. Just 
a little bit evolved and then bad idea right came out and i was like okay this is different this is really different i don't know if i like this and then i imagined that the people who liked all of the sad driver's license songs being like oh they'll really hate this this really isn't what they want and then this song comes out teenage dream and that's basically what she's saying she's saying look my music's gonna change and i'm sorry i couldn't always be sad and in the same breakup of all of the songs that you guys loved and i think this is just such a universal thing that so many artists have to deal with like i was talking about green day earlier when they came out with their foam album in 2020 it was so drastically different from everything else that they had come out with it was it wasn't a punk record it wasn't even a rock record really and everybody hated it because they changed their sound they couldn't always be that punk dream that people had or Fall Out Boy another group that came out with a comeback album in a way this year uh, their album before that Mania was again extremely different from everything they'd come out with before people hated it or you have Paramore who did the exact same thing lots of people hated After Laughter because it wasn't a raucous emo record it was just more it was almost tropical in a way and people hated that people just hate it when artists change it's not just this artist it's all of them when they change people hate it and that's just from the artist point of view like from the teenage point of view i can't think of a more on the nose song than this one that they like the refrain at the end of the song they all say that things get better but what if i don't like the like it's such a common theme that you don't want to peak when you're a teenager. You don't want to peak in high school. You don't want your young years to be the best because you want to get better. And I don't even think this song is worried about getting better or not. I think this song is more concerned with what if the best thing already happened and I didn't even notice. I couldn't even enjoy it. What if I'm on the other side of that loop now? And that's really what this song is about. It's not even about aging. It's about moments. It's not about years, it's about moments of happiness, moments of joy, and whether or not you appreciate them. And it's just subtly in there, like, you would listen to it and think it's just a one-layer song about, honestly, about being a pop star, really. But you really dig into it, and it becomes so much more than that. It's about being a songwriter, about being a teenager, and it just works so well. It has just the regular, first half is just a regular Olivia Rodrigo song, and then the second half, it goes quiet, and then it comes in with the refrain. They all say that things get better. It's quiet. It sounds like the background singers. And then the drum beat comes in, and it gets big. It gets huge. It sounds loud. It sounds phenomenal. And it's just such a great moment in a song to just have the whole song just expand almost. It's just great. It's the perfect way to close an album. And it's tied from my number one song of 2023. So the second half will run differently to the first half, where I'll pick my top five albums, and then if there is more time for me to record, then I will pick the bottom five albums. And uh, same rules as before, one pick per artist, although I think Skrillex was like the only one who had two albums this year. Um, don't quote me on that, but um, yeah, let's just get right into it. So starting with the top five, and again, We'll do it where we have places five through three, and then places one and two. So, again, I'm going to start by cheating, and I'm going to pick SOS by SZA. And 
Like, this is an extremely long album. And this album, I, I wasn't expecting it. Before this album came out, I hadn't really listened to SZA at all. And uh, somehow I was unaware of the hype surrounding this album coming out. But then I saw that Phoebe Bridgers was going to be on this album. So I was like, oh, I better give that a listen. And then after I listened to it, I saw the discourse that this is a beloved album. And I can see why. This album is so good. From track one... Well, let's just start at track one. Track one slaps. That song is so good. I could, I could honestly listen to it on repeat for a really long time. It just has such a flow to it. The vocals are great. The lyrics are great. And when you look at the rest of the songs on the album, a lot of them are like that. Now, there's a lot of songs that I didn't like as much that just kind of sounded samey to me. And I think that's my personal number one issue with this album. But I, I really can't put it any lower because it's just, it's quality music. I talked about Snooze before, but you have so many great songs on here, like F2F being a great, almost pop rock song. Incredible. Like, I know I said a lot of the songs sound samey, but at the same time, there's such good variety on this album. Now, there's not as much variety as I would like to see, but they're not all the same song you've got some pop songs you've got some r&b you've got some borderline rap songs and like i said you have that pop rock type song it just all works together so well and then you look at the impact this album's had on music this year like kill bill being one of the biggest hits snooze being a big hit and this song is all over the grammys like when i this is gonna it's really big competition for the other albums I want to win. For Guts and the Record, I'm, I'm worried that SOS is going to like snag the Grammys. And the worst thing is it, it wouldn't even be undeserved if SOS snagged all of those Grammys. Like, this really was a good year for music. There's so many great albums that came out, and not just great albums, but great albums that are being recognized for being such. And this is just one of them. And I think this is probably one that the general public likes but doesn't like as much as music people like but this is just a great album a good effort and i find it crazy to think that this album is only sis's second album like when you take that into perspective this sounds like somebody who's on their like fourth fifth album that's how good this is it's well produced the songs are well written the vocal performances are great even the guests on the album do great as well it's just crazy to think that this is a sophomore record. Like, the big thing with musicians when they come out with new music is the sophomore slump. And SZA went above and beyond on our sophomore album. Incredible. So, my next album, as I kind of hinted at before, is So Much for Stardust by Fall Out Boy. And, like I said, this was Fall Out Boy's return to form. Like, Mania not a lot of guitars not a great album most people didn't like it me included and from the moment they dropped the first single which i think came out in 2022 instead of 2023 but the whole album came out in 2023 when i first heard that song i i was so surprised it came in with the piano i was like okay this is where they're going and then the guitar comes in and it's dark and it's rich and then patrick stump comes in with his classic patrick stump vocals and Pete Wentz is back on those great Pete Wentz lyrics. It's, I don't even know what happened with Mania. It's like something happened and Fall Out Boy just wasn't on point for Mania. And now they're back to being on point. This album is great. And more than that, this album, 
I haven't heard any of these songs on the radio, but I see these songs all around. So actually, I guess I've heard them at the stores, but I feel like the radio they play at stores, like department stores at the mall, that's not real radio. That's like their corporate radio that they get from somewhere. I'm talking about radio that you can like listen to in your car. I don't know if people even still listen to radio in their car with Bluetooth and all of that stuff, but I hear the song at the mall. Not this song. I hear songs from this album at the mall. I hear songs from this album on Fortnite. On Fortnite of all places. And then you'll be watching sports. I've heard this song on both... This song. I keep saying this song. I've heard songs from this album on both football and basketball games like on NFL NBA these songs are getting exposure which is great but I haven't really seen a lot of activity from these songs on like top 40 pop music but it doesn't even have to do that I'm like these songs are on the rock billboard charts when they came out and honestly I think that's the best you can hope for at this point and they're just great music so none of them topped my top 10 songs but there were some songs that I really loved. Fake Out is one of my favorites from this album. It's great. It's just... Patrick Stump just... His vocals are phenomenal. And I wish we had more of them. Like... I wish we had more vocals like Patrick Stump. In pop music, in rock music. He just does something with his voice that just works so well. He's such a, an amazing singer. And there's a part in Fake Out where... Everything else drops except for Patrick's vocals and he goes up an octave in the part and that's all you hear and it just works so well. Everything, everything with Patrick Stump on this album works well. And then you have a song like I Am My Own Muse, which again, we see the strings. The strings are a reoccurring theme this year that people are bringing in strings. And I think I Am My Own Muse is like, it almost seems like his childhood rock star dream like, it's just so large, epic-sounding. There's horns, which, again, is a thing that you don't really see, but Fall Out Boy loves to use horns. They've done it for a long time. And it just sounds so epic. It's just such a great song. And then you have songs like What a Time to Be Alive that are just so dancey and lively. And I have a theory about this album, which, again, ties into What a Time to Be Alive. Now... When Fall Out Boy went on the Hella Mega Tour, they had in the background this almost space odyssey type thing, and it was almost like a presentation they were doing with their concert. It was like a show within the show, and they would have a guy, and it would start, it would be like, there's a traveler lost in space trying to find his way home through the stars. And then after each few songs, you would catch up on the story. It would be like, he has found a lost city in his spaceship or something. And when this album came out and I was listening to the song so much for Stardust there's a lot of space themes here I started to get to thinking I'm like wait a minute all of this space stuff ties in really well with what they had at the concert and then you have a song like What a Time to Be Alive that's all about the pandemic and it got me thinking I was like huh so that tour ended up happening after the pandemic so what I think is that this album was in production pre-pandemic there's probably an article out there somewhere saying exactly what I'm saying and or there's probably one saying the exact opposite I'm not sure but there was probably production before the pandemic where all of these songs were being written and then I think the pandemic halted the production of this album I don't think they finished 
but I think they finished the promotion to go along with the concert, and they used that anyways. So I think they had the prom, I think they had the promotion, but not the music the promotion went with. And then I think "What a Time to Be Alive" was written during the pandemic, and uh, it's honestly really, really on the nose, and kind of cringe in the way a lot of the pandemic media is. So that's why I think that's what happened. But at the same time, it's such a dancey song. Like it's just. It's not groovy. It's just really dancey. It's got nice rhythm to it. And I think Fall Out Boy struggles when they do stuff like that. I think they like to do stuff like that. And it doesn't always work out. But on this album, it worked out perfectly. And then you have songs like So Much for Stardust, which is a perfect closer for this album. I think this is just Fall Out Boy getting back to basics, getting guitars back in their songs, getting Patrick back on those vocals. And B. Wentz wrote some great lyrics for this album. It's just a great one. However, I think it was a real snub that this was not nominated for Rock Album of the Year. I'm not saying it should have won. I'm just saying this is an album. When I think of nominees for Rock Album of the Year, this was on the top of my list. Like, I wouldn't have this one win. I would have... If I'm being honest, I think Paramore would win Rock Album of the Year. Uh, I like this one better than This Is Why, but I honestly think that Grammy should go to Paramore. Um, I think the record was actually nominated for Rock Album of the Year, too. But again, I like that one more than This Is Why, but This Is Why should still have, should still win. The Grammys haven't happened yet at the time of me recording this. But yeah, this was a real snub. Can't believe so much for Stardust was not nominated. So next up on my list, I have The Record by Boy Genius. And this one really should be no surprise. Um, honestly, this is just, again, a good record. And I talked about this when I talked about Not Strong Enough. When you have three geniuses... <laughs> okay, I see why they named the band that. Boy Genius. Okay, well, when you have three geniuses come together and create music, you, I don't think there's a better outcome that you could possibly get than the record. You can truly see each person's individual mark on songs like $20... Obviously, you have that influence from Julian Baker, and then you have Emily, I'm sorry, which is clearly like Phoebe Bridgers. Like, you can clearly see which one of the band members picked and wrote which song. It's just incredible. This album has some truly great songs. Like, the first three singles that were released, I was hooked. Emily, I'm sorry, is such a good song. And what I think. I think a lot of time when you have groups like this, the group doesn't add a lot. When you have people kind of sing solo on songs, like Phoebe does on Emily, I'm Sorry. But that's not the case. You can really see that she's lifted up by the other members of the band. And it just works so well. $20? Phenomenal. $20 was my favorite of the record songs. <laughs> well, the ones released before the album came out. And it just has such a good guitar part. I, I really wasn't expecting that from Boy Genius. And then it just comes in with a killer guitar part. And the lyrics are just so good. Like, I don't even know how to explain why I like the lyrics. Because a lot of times you listen to these songs and you can't always tell what they're talking about. Like, what is this 20? Why do they need $20? And stuff like that. But... Just the lyrics like, To the T-Bird graveyards where we play with fire. In another life, we were arsonists. Just, 
it just feels like a side note to the actual song when they stop and say in another life we were arsonists it's just I, I sound like an English teacher but it adds character almost it adds it adds something to the whole narrative when they just stop and they add that line so it's so normally in the verse it'll be like it normally what would happen through the pattern it would be like to the t-bird graveyards where we play with fire pause guitar riff move on but this one instead of that pause they put in that part in another life we were anarchists and they do that i think they do that one more time in that song but that's just an example of like the things they do to make their song stand out to not just be so formulaic formulaic to make them different and it just works so well i already talked about not strong enough but some other highlights for me are satanist which again has a great guitar part but it also has each member like take a verse will you be an uh satanist will you be an anarchist and ah, how did i forget the other one that's embarrassing i forgot one of them but again the lyrics are just on point like there's a line mortgage off your soul to buy a dream vacation home in florida like it's just so specific that you you feel more connected to it i don't know there's just something about specific lyrics like that that i love and there's another lyric in the song which is here's the thing that i love about this lyric i'm about to tell you is that it's so wordy it's so it's not abstract it's the opposite of abstract that it really wouldn't fit in a regular pop song when you think about it but the line is solomon had a point when he wrote ecclesiastes if nothing can be known then stupidity is holy like a lyric like that just being in a song and it, it makes sense it flows with the song it doesn't stop the song in any way it actually adds to it it's just so impressive to see like and it's not there's a lot of music out there that's like folk music that might say something like that like a lot of nerdy dorky music but this is real regular mainstream music and it has a line like that in it. it's just incredible to me and then the songs are just so personal on this album like you can really feel the emotion that these people have they're not faking it like other indie artists and I, i'm thinking of somebody specific and i've i've gotten in small arguments at school about this but when you look at people like the members of boy genius who are being genuine they're presenting their real selves on this album that's what it's about to them expressing their true self and then you look at somebody like lana del rey who's trying to make a character and sell sadness and the thing is is she's actually said that herself like if you read her spotify profile that's literally what it says the goal is and then you look at songs like this that are actually personal that are actually real emotion and you just see how valuable that is like the i believe it's the last track on the album i might be wrong is how how did i forget the title i should have taken show notes but it's the one about one of the members almost drowned while swimming at a public beach and that's what they they wrote the song about and it's just the story of that event and it's just got such profound lyrics like thinking about is this when i die is this when is this this it for me did i really just drown at a public beach i feel so stupid for dying this way and then it's quiet and soft and it's just about that and then it gets bigger again like i talked about with that one olivia rodrigo song drums come in it gets bigger it's got this grand sound and what it is is i'm swimming back 
and what I think is so powerful about that sentiment and what I think is such a vital point of this album is that the power that you have to shape things yourself like you don't have to just drown you can swim like swim back avoid that fate make your own path and I think that's something that this album is really going for is to be yourself and do what you would do and it's not saying that in a really corny or cheesy way so now we are into the top two albums and again they're tied for number one and the first one is La Vida Cotidiana by Juanes and Juanes has always been one of my favorite artists he makes great music he's been a lot poppier lately and that's what I was really expecting coming into this album when the first single was released I wasn't huge on it now I really like it it was just kind of a slower song and I was like eh, it's kind of a really ballady pop song kind of uh, not as rock as he was in the beginning he was always pop rock but it felt less rocky it was just kind of slower I was like eh. but now that song has grown on me but then he released the second single which was Ojala and I love this song this song has been on repeat so much for me I love to sing along to this one and it almost made it as my as one of my favorites of 2023 but it got beat out by the other one and when I think of these albums that I've said are my top albums so many of them would have songs that could have been there like honestly the top 10 could have been like four songs from this one and six songs from the next album they're just such great albums and what I think this one does really well throughout is each song flows into each each other really well they feel like they fit together as an album they don't feel too distinct and different but yet there's such a variety in this album that some are slow some are fast some are poppier some are rockier one of them even has a rap verse in it some of them feel really chill like pop song like see you like you can see yourself on a beach listening to these songs but i think that impressed me the most with this album is just how lyrical all of the songs are and Juanes is somebody who's always been great with lyrics but this in this album it just really comes out and I don't have really anything much to say about this one like I did the last ones because this one there's not much more to say about it than the lyrics work together really well the melodies work together really well there are so many groovy songs on this which is something I wasn't expecting um I wasn't expecting them to be that groovy the way Juanes has been going lately, he, he has been getting groovier, more dancey music. And again, that's just how artists evolve. And I wasn't expecting that to be along with the slower, more lyrical songs that end up being more like ballads. I just wasn't expecting them to coexist like that so well, but they do. And it ends up creating a great album. So the last album at the top of my top five is Guts. And I've talked a lot about this album before. I have a whole episode on it. So go listen to that if you haven't already. So I don't really have too much to say other than besides being one of my favorites. I think this is actually the best album of 2023. I think this one should get record of the year, album of the year, and actually just those two. Maybe production, but I think production can go to somebody else. But yeah I, it's ironic that the two top albums are the ones i have the least to say about but i've talked about this one at length before so if you'd like to know more go listen to that episode so i do still have more time to record but my phone which i record on i hook my mic up to my phone and then i record on it is about to die because recording takes up a lot of battery 
So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go through the bottom five of my top ten, like rapid fire really quick. And so here I have This Is Why by Paramore. Again, just another good album. A lot of good stuff they did, really experimental. Uh, I'd say my favorites on this album are Running Out of Time and Thick Skull. Then I also have The Age of Pleasure by Janelle Monet, And this is just another really great experimental album. And actually, you know, now that I think about it, I would switch this one places with SOS. I think I like this one more. It's just more experimental. It's got more variety. It's a lot more fun. And I think SOS will be the one people talk about more until the next SZA album comes out. Then I think people won't care about that one anymore. But I think this album by Janelle Monet is one people... When they think of her, this is probably one of the ones that I think they will think of as the best. And let's see, I also have Life Under the Gun by Gun Militaire. And again, just a really good rock album. Don't have much to say about this one. And then I have Snow Angel by Renee Rapp. And the reason I have this one is because, like I said, I like pop music. And I think right now the pop industry has a lot of... I don't want to say copycats, but they have a lot of people trying to mimic themselves after Lana Del Rey, and then you have a lot of people trying to mimic themselves after Taylor Swift, and then you have people trying to mimic themselves off of a mixture of the two of them. And originally I thought that this was one of those artists, and it still might be, but I think out of all of them, they did it the best. This is an album I really enjoy. It's got a lot of good variety. The lyrics are good, the vocals are good. It doesn't feel as generic and cookie cutter as the rest of these type of albums I've listened to. And I surprisingly enjoyed it when I gave it a listen. So the last album I have here is the soundtrack to Across the Spider-Verse. And this one's kind of cheating because it's the soundtrack, but there was the album written by Metro Boomin to accompany the movie. And honestly, this one's just a really biased pick. I really love that movie. The songs on here, they're not... They're not up to the caliber of the rest of the songs, but I enjoy most of them. Uh, Am I Dreaming is one that I would say definitely is up to the caliber. Calling's up to the caliber. But a lot of the other ones, I mean, they're songs about Spider-Man. Like, they can't be that good, like, art house music, but uh, it's just a fun album. It's got good songs. They fit, the, they fit the movie well. And this is another one that I think was a snub from the Grammys. I think they should have been nominated for a movie soundtrack Grammy, like, Along with Barbie, like, I know Barbie would have just snagged the Grammy from this album anyways, but I would have liked to see it nominated, just like the Fall Out Boy one. Even though they couldn't win, at least a nod would have been nice. So that brings it close to my favorites of 2023. Um, I'll leave a poll in, or a question or something below, in the Spotify Interact section about your guys' favorites of 2023. And coming up next, next week, I hope to have a guest. We'll see if it turns out that way or not. I'm still getting settled in. There is a three-hour time difference between where I am and where the rest of my guests normally are. I should have some closer to me in a couple episodes. I have one planned with somebody in another different time zone. But um, on top of that, I plan to release an episode not about music, but about my move here to Hawaii. And when we get closer to that episode coming out, I will leave a Q&A for you guys to ask me any questions you would like about my move here. And with that, I'm signing off.